0: What a blessing um, to, to hear the comments, to hear the thoughts. Because I, I know, I got to meet Steve at, at camp when I first moved here, back here. I probably met him before at, at OR maybe years ago, but I, I know I met him at, at camp here. And the impact that he had on the young adults and, and on our young people there. When my son was younger. And a number of the young people, and then I, I was with him when he was an intern. He had come, we had, we had met up down in North Carolina, we were doing an intern training. And, what I would say to you all is everything you've said here is exactly true, but Stephen is not just going to be missed here in the local congregation. He's going to be missed in our denomination. Um, it's funny. I, I've been he 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 knew this and John knew this. I've been trying to recruit him, just to 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 figure out what God had in store for him, ministry-wise. And you know what the beautiful thing was? He figured it out. He sorted it out, and he said. This is what I feel God's calling me to do. Last time I was here, that's what he told me. This is what I feel God's calling me to do. And he was in that sweet spot with what God had called him to do. And yet, he served here. He led you and and folks into worship. And he focused people's attention on who Jesus is, which is what the calling of every one of us is, which is why it is fitting that for us in this moment, and you in particular, more more than me and I I won't even begin to, to, to try to connect my ability, my level of grief with yours. But we are definitely grieving, but we're not grieving as people without hope. That's the powerful piece. We're not grieving as people without hope because we know that in all of that, everything drops at the foot of Jesus. It was an amazing, you know, the time where where one of the things that Stephen would be blessed to do was lead worship. And when we were worshiping today, I pick up on stuff like this, it's just me. Lights were down, the only thing lit. Okay, there was the stuff down here. But what was lit? That right there. The cross with the crown so that we know who this is all to and who it is all for. And so I think that was a fitting moment for me, um, and as the, as the regional director here, I, I just want to bring, uh, for all of you, I've already talked to John and Mary, um, for all of you, just know that the, the pastors in the region, the home office, we are praying for all of you. Matter of fact, there was a group of about five of us this morning at 7 a.m. We were gathered together for prayer, and um, we prayed for you and your congregations this morning at 7 uh, and there are people who are continuing. Carrie Osborne, Smith Osborne, she, she was going to drive up today and just to be with you all. Uh, one of the pastors is John Newsom. Was John in your congregation when you were, guys were in Cleveland? Yes. John, remember, he's a pastor in Queens. And John says he remembered when Stephen was born. He remembered when Stephen was born. And he was, he was just describing that journey. He prayed for you guys this morning as well. So I just wanted you all to know that for, from my perspective, um, I don't have any words. I don't. I don't have any words to say to you something that will make this be easier. My prayer is that God allow it to be bearable and then usable. I, I stopped doing funerals long ago. I don't do funerals ever again. I do celebrations of life. So, um, but, but then it's all about Jesus. But my, my other challenge is that I recognize that people need to feel what they feel, every part of it. Every emotion we have is because God gave it to us because He has it. Every emotion we have, God has. He allowed us to have it, and so He he wants us to experience it and experience it through Him. So my prayer for you is that God allow this to become bearable and then usable. So let me pray over you as to to close that piece, and then we will walk right into the the, the main part of where we're supposed to be focused on here, and that's on Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the grief. Thank you for the moment. Thank you for the raindrops that have come, the tears that have been shared, the struggle that is being had, the emotions that are being felt. Thank you for the uplift and the encouragement that is being offered. To John and Mary, thank you for the fact that they are surrounded by a congregation who loves them, that they could even be here today. We ask for you to bless them. Don't take them out of any part of what you want them to experience, but be with them in it, in all of it, so that, Lord, this moment, this time becomes bearable and usable, usable in the way that blesses lives, that blesses more lives in the gospel of who Jesus is. Because as was clearly said, you have been magnified in the life of Stephen. And so I just pray that you will continue to bless lives through him. And now as we transition and we focus our attention on who you are, your coming, your manifestation, your epiphany, the the fact that you became flesh to transform and transfix everything about us. We ask that you will allow us to be able to make the transition, to be able to take our eyes off of this plane and look to you, to look up to you, to to leave here today in a spirit of worship as well. Worship for who you are and why you are and what you're doing and what you have done. We praise you and ask your blessing in Jesus' name, amen. Today, I, I titled today's message, Chosen. Chosen. It is, it is epiphany. It, it is the, the, the moment where for, for many that is celebrated around the world, the celebration of the rest of the world, as John mentioned, the rest of the world recognizing or acknowledging what God showed them. Because it wasn't just... Herod that understood it. It wasn't just the shepherds in the field who understood it. It wasn't just the people who were around that understood it. There were people who had been following a star because they knew from centuries before that this means something big is happening. And they traveled to honor the one born King of the Jews. And if they were from Persia believes they were, then when you go back to that connection of Daniel and you remember the two times that the king of Babylon and the king of Persia signed a decree that said anybody who speaks evil of Daniel's God was going to be cut into pieces because Nebuchadnezzar came face to face with Daniel's God. Darius and Cyrus came face to face with Daniel's God. Belshazzar, Belshazzar, came face to face with Daniel's God. Remember the handwriting on the wall. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego—they were leaders of the Magi. So they were called. So maybe they told the story and it was planted and it was planted and it was planted and that one day this would be and this is how they would know they were followers of the stars and that one day they would know and and that now it came to fruition what God had planted about who he was and now they came to honor with gold and frankincense and myrrh. And God was about to do something absolutely amazing. But he had already done it. I always wondered why it was that God, when they were traveling across the land, if 900 miles away, why they had to go to Jerusalem. Because the star led them there. The star led them to Jerusalem. But where was Jesus? He was in Bethlehem. Couldn't the star have led them straight to Bethlehem? star led them to Jerusalem and then disappeared for a while. So they had to go ask, where's the one born king of the Jews? Got Herod's attention. And then as soon as they left, the star reappeared and took them to the house where he was. Think about that took them to the house where he was. So does that tell you that God wanted them to go into Jerusalem? Did that tell you that God wanted them to show up and people to recognize that the shepherds weren't crazy? That what the shepherds said they saw when they saw the heavenly army come proclaim that the king of the world had been born? That to this day good news for all people? Born in this day in the town of Bethlehem, the Messiah was. And the whole heavenly host or the heavenly army showed up. Saying the captain of their salvation, the captain of heaven was here. People thought those shepherds were crazy. Not crazy anymore. Because now these three random Magi. Or these Magi, however many there were. Showed up in Jerusalem because God led them there. Because he was saying once and for all, this time has been chosen for the Messiah to come. And I will make him manifest. I will make him able to be grasped, which is what fest means in Latin. Manus, with your hand. The word manifest means to be grasped with your hands. I, God Himself is saying, in this time, when you go back to Daniel, remember the great image? He had the great image of gold. that had the head and the, the breast, the shoulders, and the legs and the feet were of miry clay. And it says, in the days of those kings, a stone was cut without hands and struck the image on the feet. And then it ground the image into the powder and it became a kingdom. And we know who that stone that was cut without hands represented. This is the days of those kings. God was making sure that everybody understood. He was being made manifest. So you will not miss it. You will not miss it. On the eighth day in between the birth of Christ and this moment where the Magi come, Mary and Joseph had taken Jesus to the temple. They had taken him to the temple for the purpose of of dedicating him on the eighth day. And there was this old man that was there. This old man used to come to the temple all the time. He'd been there every day. And he had been praying. He was just an old man who had been praying that he would be able to see the Lord's Christ. His name was Simeon. I don't know how he understood it. I don't know how he knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but I know this. He either heard Mary and Joseph talking, he learned something, but it said the Spirit moved him to go to the temple that day. He goes to the temple and he hears the name or whatever it is about Jesus means his name means the Lord's salvation. He goes over to her and he says, may I hold him. May I have him in my hands. And he grabs him, and he says, Lord, you can let me die now. You have answered my prayer. I have seen your salvation. And as he was speaking, a woman who had been in the temple since her husband died, every day, her name was Anna. She was a prophetess. She walks up while Simeon is manifestly holding the Messiah and saying this one will cause the rising and falling of many. She spoke truth in the temple. So the shepherds in the field, the people in the temple, and Herod himself all had known that God had become man, that the infinite God had become finite, yet still infinite. How does he do it? How did it happen? And then he says, not only did I choose that time, he chose those people. And then he says, I am going to reveal myself and I am going to reveal the Father. And then it's going to spread. It's going to start in Jerusalem and go to Judea. It's going to leave Judea and go to Samaria. And it's going to leave Samaria and go to the ends of the earth. It's going to show up in Canfield, Ohio. Because he chose to do it that way. Now, here's the key. Is the understanding of who Jesus is manifest in your hands? Sure, we can see the cross and we can recognize the cross and we can tell the story. But is it manifest in your hands? as some of you told the stories about how Stephen allowed Christ to be made manifest in his music, in his encouragement, in the ministries that he did, do you see it? Do you realize that that is the calling of every one of us, to make him manifest not a fact. I forget what section of Scripture it is, but he says that his will—I think maybe be in Ephesians—but his desire was that through the church, Christ would be made manifest to the glory of the Father. You realize that that's our role. You and I have been chosen by God to continue to allow people to hold Him in their hands. He's that tangible. If you turn to Ephesians chapter 1, I want to read you just a section of scripture, a section of scripture that, as we sang earlier, will fill you with wonder, awestruck wonder when you think about what is being said right here. I'm going to allow, ask God to allow these words to, be, to come alive in your mind and in your heart in the way that you need them not the way i need them but the way you need them that they become so crystal clear for you you can't shake it and i don't care what your age that you can't help but share it in some way you can't keep it to yourself in ephesians chapter 1 i'm going to start in verse 3 We read this. We're going to read 3 through 14. And all I want you to do is listen for what you know to be true. Listen for what you know. What he is saying is absolutely, without question, certain about your life, about our lives, about this message we have. Here's what it says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and his will to the praise of, the, of his glorious grace which He has freely given to us in the one He loves. Verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, we have that, in accordance with the riches of His grace, that He has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Verse 11. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. When you believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. That is a mouthful. That's a lot of stuff. But that's a lot of anchors. That's a house that's built that on solid rock. Would you agree? That's a house that's built with solid walls and I don't care what kind of tornado blows through, it's not blowing that house down. It's not. It can't. It may take off some shingles. It may break some windows. But it will not knock that house down. That house is a house of safety for you and me. Those are not just words. They are truths that you have been chosen to receive and chosen to share. Let's just quickly walk back through just a few of those pieces just to see if they make more sense. Think about this. He says, you have been blessed Huh. He's blessed you Not just here In heavenly realms Now Laura's story said What if your blessings come through raindrops What if your healings come through tears What if it comes through those thousand sleepless nights What if the trials of this life are showing you something about the mercy of God. But they are blessing your life no matter what. You remember when Jesus redefined blessing in Matthew 5? Because the law ends with the blessings and cursings, right? Matthew 28 or Deuteronomy 28 or whatever it is. It ends there and, and it it's, talks about you'll be blessed if you do this. This is what blessing looks like. You have this, you have this. When Jesus redefines it, here's what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they who mourn. Why why are people who are blessed when they mourn? Because he says they'll be comforted. There's no thing that happens that God does not fill. You see? That's the difference. Blessed are you when you are hungering and thirsting for righteousness when you are struggling to find out why God, where God, how God, what is this God, when you're that hungry, he says, you will be filled. <laughs> he said, blessed are you, blessed are you, when you are persecuted for being right in him. He redefined blessing. He says, you're blessed. Now think about that. What if that reframed how you approached every day? If you started with, from the heavenly realms, that means who can stop it? Who can stop it if it's from the heavenly realm? Nobody. He says you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. That's what Jesus being made manifest did allowed you and I to be blessed with every spiritual blessing. Not every physical blessing, because sometimes trials in this life will come. Storms will come and beat on the house. But every spiritual blessing, God will take things and make them bearable and then usable. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. You were chosen in him before the creation of the world. Everybody hear that? This thing was settled before we were even here. This whole experience was settled before he said, let there be. That means no matter what we see, no matter what we think, no matter what we experience, it was already settled in him. And you were already chosen. You were already blessed in him, in Jesus, before the world was created. Hmm. What if we lived like that? What if we lived knowing that Jesus had this thing settled beforehand? Our reality? Embrace it. Accept it. Receive it. Live it. Share it. But we can reject it. We can refuse it. We cannot accept it. We cannot trust it. We cannot proclaim it. We cannot speak it doesn't mean it's not done. just means we don't have it manifest in our hands because we don't want it. There's that verse that, that speaks about, you know, they, they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. It's not because their ears can't hear or because their eyes can't see. It says, because their eyes, they have closed. It's hard to see when you close your own eyes, would you agree? Because if you would open them, you would see the truth. God doesn't have to blind people when they close their own eyes. You and I have been given a manifest absolute truth that before the world was created, he chose the destiny that is yours. Now, predestination does not mean predetermination. God doesn't determine everything that's going to happen in your life. He gives us the ability to make decisions. But your destiny, if you choose to step into it, is yours. Done. Settled. Over. That's good news, isn't it? He predestined he set up what the destiny, and he did it in his love. Now, wait. He did that in his love for us. So that means it's going to be good, right? What else did he do in his love? He laid down his life for us, as we read later. He keeps going, and he says, in his love, he adopted us. Now. I don't know if any of you have gone through adoption or been adopted, but here's the reality. Adopted, another Latin word, means to want, to opt for. Ad means AD, means two or four. So Advent means coming, vent to us, or coming for us. Adoption means opting for us, or opting to us. God opted, decided, chose us. He chose to us. He came to us. That's what adoption is. He wanted us. There is not a single human being who is not wanted by God. Wow. Is that not power? That's a powerful thought. That he predestined that you would be adopted as his sons and daughters according to his pleasure and his will. Not because he had to, oh, I made these crazy human beings, so I might as well keep them. It was his pleasure. Now, if something pleases God, that's probably a good thing. Would you agree? It was his pleasure to want you, to want me, to want that person who won't receive that or who struggles to know that they're loved. That's why nobody should on this planet should ever feel unloved. Nobody on this planet should never feel alone. Nobody on this planet should ever It's around Christmas time and New Year's that we have suicides. I'm a police chaplain and the numbers rise. They rise right around Christmas and COVID was even worse because you know with this people couldn't see each other. There's no one who should feel so alone. You know why? Cuz they're wanted. And 2,000 years ago, God chose to step into time and space and give his life so that they never had to feel alone. Because anything that could separate them from that love was dealt with if they would just receive it. We receive redemption. That means we were bought back. Adam, Eve, they broke something. They incurred a major debt that needed to be paid by all humanity. And we have been redeemed, paid for. The redemption in his blood, what was missing? What didn't come under the blood of Jesus? What sin, what struggle, what didn't come under the blood of Jesus? There'll be a big zero. Everything came under the blood of Jesus, right? We are redeemed. We have redemption. We have forgiveness of sin. We have forgiveness of sin. This is your reality manifest. Hold it in your hands. You have forgiveness of sin. Father forgive them. They have no idea what they do. Who did he say that about? Who did Jesus say that about? The people who were crucifying him, right? The people who were mocking him and spitting on him, and the people who had yelled, Crucify him, when a few days earlier many of them were saying, Hosanna. But it also meant us. We have no idea. But in that, he forgave. You have that according to the riches of his grace which God lavishes on us. I don't always feel lavished in God, but maybe that's because I'm looking for the wrong kind of lavishing. God lavishes his love on us if we will just see it for what it is hold it in our hands for what it is. If you can understand scripture, you have the love of God lavished on you because nobody can understand the things of God except the spirit of God be in them. Right? He's revealed to us a mystery about what he was doing that in Jesus we are chosen. We are chosen that we may be the praise of his glory. God is allowing you and me to have people see us and praise him. That's a stretch. Don't you think? But he does. You know, anytime somebody pays you a compliment, you know who they're really giving it to? They're really giving it to God. You just get to take it on his behalf. So stop pushing compliments away and say, oh, it was nothing. Accept it. Accept it on behalf of God and honor him with it. Allow it to go straight through you right to where it belongs. When someone pays you a compliment, receive it because they're not talking about you. Okay, they are. You were the vessel. But where is it going? Therefore let your light so shine among men that they will see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. So now, where did all of those things that we were saying and you were saying about Stephen, where did they go? Right back where they belonged, to God. And I bet Stephen understands that better now than ever, right? And so must we. He says, this is something that's real. This is something that's manifest to you. It's real to you. But they have something else now. There's someone who was blessed to receive a kidney, even in their struggle, who will continue to live because they needed it. How else does God use you that way? You, every day. Not giving transplants. How does he use you every day to be a blessing in somebody's life for something that they need? God will set up a divine appointment for you every single day of your life if you seek it. Why would he not? I believe God sets up divine appointments for us all the time. And sometimes it's just see that person and go say hello to them. Go offer that person a cup of coffee, go, do, go speak to them, go sit next to them. I don't know. Some, it's not always big, it's sometimes very small, but they need that. Don't we see Jesus doing that? And then there are sometimes there are people who've been sitting there for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, been sitting at the temple. Jesus had to walk by them every time he went to the temple. But today He stops and talks to them. Today they get healed. You he walked past them many times before. What was different about that day? Don't know. What's different about tomorrow for you and the people that you see every single day? What's God doing? Do you see how this works? Do you see how this, what Jesus came to do? He came to make himself manifest. He came to say, this is what I look like. And now I'm not just with you. When he left, he says, I'm not going to be with you like I was. So everybody has to follow me. We're going to change up the game. I'm going to be in you. Now, everywhere you are, I am. But you have to remember, it's about Jesus being where you are, not me being there and then inviting Jesus to come along. He's already there, see? He helps you see it. And who does that apply to? Every single one of us who've been sealed with the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. If you've been sealed with the guarantee of the Holy Spirit, raise your hand. Raise it high. You know what that means then, right? That means that the things, greater things than you saw Him do, He's going to use you to do. Now, does that mean you're going to be bringing crippled people back to life? Not necessarily. But how about somebody who's crippled in spirit? You're going to give blind people their sight back? Maybe not. But how about people who are spiritually blind? Which is greater, by the way? Physical sight or spiritual sight? Yeah. Physical health or spiritual health? Our denomination, our focus is healthy church. Our vision: healthy church, healthy pastors, healthy congregations, people who understand what spiritual health looks like, so that you can share spiritual health. See, sometimes it comes in a cold cup of water, as Jesus referred to. It. Sometimes it comes in a little bread and a little fish. Sometimes it comes in a word of encouragement. Sometimes. It comes with no words at all. But the Spirit will show you that. I simply close by saying this. We who have received the deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, that's how long you're going to have that seal and that mark to the praise of the Father. That's what Epiphany was all about. It's not about the Magi. It's about what the Magi came to proclaim. And then he grew up, gave his life, and said, I will not just be with you, I'll be in you. Are you with me? Because then he never died. It keeps growing. Brothers and sisters, please accept this reality. You have been chosen. Chosen, wanted, redeemed, forgiven, blessed, imparted, challenged to join him in what he's doing. Today and every day. Let's pray. Father, as we come, we just ask for your blessing on us. As we end this service, we simply ask you to open our eyes that we can see what it means to have you manifest around us. Again, Lord, as we, we grieve, we don't grieve as people without hope, but may we focus on who you are and what you're doing and what you have done as well as what we feel. We seek your blessing on John and Mary and on the family. And just ask that you will continue to bless them. But we thank you for where their hope lies and where their anchor holds. In Jesus' name.